This week on the NFL edition of Lighting Money on Fire, the Minnesota team. Oh, my God. What happened to the Vikings? Well, I know one thing. Their offensive coordinator is in the toilet, along with their offensive game from Monday night, which was horrible. We're also going to talk about who is the MVP after all and who is the best team after all, along with, of course, our fantasy check-in, our best bets, and everything else. We're going to do it right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. We uh, we failed to light money on fire. Yeah, that's true. Week. We, that's true. We bet on Seattle minus three, and uh, as you teased, Minnesota was horocious. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Um, it's not like Seattle's offense was great or anything, no. but they certainly got the job done. It was weird. Both teams seemed like they were really interested in running the ball no matter what. Running the ball unsuccessfully for about the first three quarters of the game. Sort of just yeah. who cares? It's three to nothing, right? Great. I'm going to run again. I don't care. Yeah. That was basically both teams' offensive game plan. It was really rough for this guy who had two wide receivers and I needed 24 points and did not get there. Yep, that's too bad for you. Um, and, of course, as happens all the time, we didn't do my bet. That was Jonathan's bet, which was Raiders plus 11. The Raiders actually won. Mm. Um, it's just the way it works in the universe. If we do my bet, it doesn't come in. If we don't do it, it comes in. Yep. So that's just, you know, life. The so, life of a gambler. So maybe you need to be put down because <laughs> whatever we do is is wrong with you. Think yeah. about that. My bet, though, won. We picked it in at one. Yeah. No, also, I, my basketball bet, which we're going to talk about tomorrow, of course, also won. 2-0 and for the week, baby. We're printing money over here. You're not allowed to talk about basketball. Printing the money. That's I'm not talking about it. I'm singing about it. And we're not lighting money on fire. We're basically extinguishing currently flamed money. <laughs> we're cooling <laughs> it down. Flamed? And we're protecting it. What is flamed? Money that is currently has flames on it. You know, we're taking the flames away. We're removing flames. That's what we're doing. We're the opposite. It's amazing. We're basically like, uh, you know, in that, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer stop motion special? Yeah. Of course you do. I know all about that. The, uh, the little icicle dudes, the little ice demon guys. You ice know, we're like those demon? dudes. Yeah, sure. What's an ice There's demon? There's like fire dudes and ice dudes and they're the bad guys and, you know, the ice, the ice dudes. We're like those guys right now because we're keeping the money safe and we're, they we're sending them out and they're taking back hostages, money hostages. <laughs> Because we're winning bets, baby. That was the, the ramblings of a madman. Okay, so let's let's discuss the Vikings' downfall okay. then because that's uh, related to our bet here. So what has happened to the Vikings? Obviously, they think the issue is with their offensive coordinator because he gone. Yeah. He's in the toilet, as you said. I don't know if he gets to leave the toilet until the end of the season or if he gets rehired. How big is the toilet? I have a few questions. <laughs> It's um, very small, and it's a very uncomfortable spot for him okay. being in the toilet right now. So it's not really even worth getting hired as the offensive coordinator in the, as the Vikings if, if Mike Zimmer and the GM are like, hey, you suck. You have to actually go be in a toilet until you get hired somewhere else. I mean, they still pay you. That's good. And there aren't that many. There's 32 but offensive coordinators. What is currency when you're in a toilet, though? <laughs> you're just... They still All you, you want is to get out of the toilet. They'll bring you food. The only currency to you is <laughs> getting if, out of the toilet. What if, <laughs> <laughs> what if it's warm in there? I don't think it's warm. It's Why? Minnesota. Oh, it's Minnesota. That's well, it was Seattle, place. actually. He got fired. Maybe he got fired still in Seattle. Seattle's not particularly warm. It's, it's warmer. warmer than, it's warmer than Minnesota. It could be indoors. It doesn't have to be an outhouse. 
Well, I don't know. I don't know what the conditions are of the toilet. Me either. All right, let's talk small. about the toilet and okay. why he's there. Okay. And um, it's hard for us to know at all if it's justified firing. We don't really know if he, like, I, I know that during the broadcast, Jason Witten kept talking about how Mike Zimmer wanted to run more. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Vic Fangio. Is that the name of the offensive coordinator? No, it was Filippio. Filippio. Vic Fangio is somebody else. Yep. He's the defensive coordinator for the Bears. That's right. Yeah. Filippio. You should know that, by the way. I should. As a Bears fan. They're just You know, it's like Italian type names, whatever. Um, yeah. You, all Italians look the same to you. I get it. I'm a quarter Italian. I can say anything I want to about Italians. <laughs> it's, it's allowed. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the way the world works. So Filippio, uh, he's from the Andy Reid coaching tree and wants to do a lot of passing. That was according to Jason Witten on the broadcast. Mm. And uh, Mike Zimmer does not like that. He's a defensive guy. He wants to run the ball and let the defense be the star. Yeah. So they had kind of uh, contrasting styles. And I think Zimmer kind of brought the hammer down recently, at least according to Witten, and said, like, you got to start doing it my way. And so it's possible that this Filippio fellow. By the way, I'm told by our internets, D. D. Oh, make sure I get this right. D. Filippo. Filippo. D. Filippo. Di Filippo. That's the name. Di Filippo. Well, it's hard. And and he's Italian. What do you want from me? <laughs> All right. You can't say that. Oh. That's, that's our word. All Sorry right. So Di <laughs> Filippo, yeah. um, he is a guy who wants to do like the gadget Andy Reid style offense, probably. And Mike Zimmer has no interest in that. Right. So he's so Filippo is trying to implement a Mike Zimmer style offense, and he probably just has no fucking clue how to do that. I so mean, it's probably just a bad fit. It might not be Filippo's fault. I don't know. The offense was looking pretty good early in the season when they yeah. were throwing the ball all over the place. Thielen was crushing it. Thielen was the best wide receiver in the league for the first eight weeks of the season. Diggs was okay. Uh, you know, they were they were doing great. Kirk Cousins was lighting it up, and uh, now he's gone. Right. It's I weird. Mean, I don't understand, actually. I think I think this is Mike Zimmer's fault. I would blame yeah, Mike Zimmer. Of course. Uh, of course, you and I are more into the, like, progressive passing offense type thing as, as we think yeah. that's probably a better NFL offense. Of course it is. Of course it is. And, like, as, as evidence, like... Thielen and Diggs are among the best receivers, like as a combo in the NFL sure. for one team. And then they also have Kyle Rudolph, who's a reasonable tight end. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook who can catch the ball out of the backfield. It seems kind of perfect for a heavy passing offense. I mean, you just spend thirty million dollars on Kirk Cousins. It's weird to decide not to throw the ball very much. Yeah, you know, like why did you spend all that money on him then? Why not keep Teddy Bridgewater then, or yeah. one of the or Case Keenum, or one of the other guys? If you don't care about throwing the ball, seems weird. It does. You may, they make Kirk Cousins the richest player in single-season NFL history. Why Why wouldn't you want to throw the ball? Well, here's one reason. I'm going to answer my own okay. rhetorical question. After last night, in his career, Kirk Cousins has played 23 games against winning teams. His record is 4-19. and 19. Wow. Now, I know he was on Washington, and Washington hasn't always been that good. Yeah. But it's sort of hard for that to be defensible anyway. It feels like kind of an indefensible stat. Maybe... Maybe it isn't, but it feels that way. It sure does. Like they beat up on all the bad teams and he can't beat the good teams. Right. Like ever. Yeah. I mean, he should be like close to 500, right? Maybe a little under 500. Sure. If he was 10 and 13, I'd be like, all right, you'd like to see a little better, but fine. That's fine. Yeah. Like I would guess Matt Stafford is something like that, right? Probably. 10 and 13, he'd be like 9 and 14 in a 23 game uh, sample size. What the hell, man? Four and nineteen? I don't know. I don't know if that's that's probably not a big enough sample size for us to actually make any determination based on. Yeah. The the thing that we can comment on more more accurately is this whole coaching thing, and to me, it feels like what Mike Zimmer wants is just a yes man at offensive coordinator, 
and Filippo's not the guy for him. I mean, didn't Mike Zimmer hire this guy? Yeah. So what the hell, Mike Sometimes Zimmer? things don't work out. Yeah, I guess he thought he was getting one thing and got something else. It's very possible, by the way, that D. Filippo, I'm going with that as yeah. the name, uh, really said all the things Zimmer wanted to hear in the interview and stuff like that, and it really hasn't turned out that way. But when they were winning, Zimmer was like, well, whatever. Yeah. It's okay, we're winning, I guess. What do I care? But now that they are losing and in trouble, like they may not make the playoffs now, um, he may suddenly be like, also, I mean, he first of all just wants to, wants to do it his way. But second of all, maybe this is good because now he can scapegoat someone and he gets to preserve his job a little bit longer. That's, I think that's what's going that, on. As that much might as be it. And let's do a little, a little uh, a skit here. Okay. You be Mike Zimmer yes. and I'll be D. Filippo and it's the, the meeting. It's the hiring the interview. Me- the okay. hiring interview. Yeah. Okay. All right. What what kind of now you know what I you know I like running sort of an offense which is you know slow down use the clock work the ball very physical smash mouth what kind of offense are you uh, planning on running Well uh, first of all I like the pizza <laughs> very much Wow <laughs> Wow if this was on uh, like pardon my take you yeah. know what that is that they would be assailed by Deadspin yeah. assailed Of course they would was, uh, No okay it. so I would say something like Oh, yeah, Mike, you know, I know I know the style you like, and I know that I am coming from Andy Reid's coaching tree, and we like to pass a lot, but I'm a guy who's kind of just like an offensive guy. It's not necessarily a passing guy, you know, so I, I can implement the running game into, into the offense. I think that'll be great, actually. But really? Are I mean, you really going to do that, D. Filippo? Why wouldn't I? I'm just checking. Well, Who are you? Of course I am. I don't like throwing the ball to Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Oh. Okay, good. Because if you did, I would really have a problem with that, and might have to let you go and let you go into a toilet. <laughs> that sounds like a bad punishment. <laughs> but I am so confident that I will be able to implement. We'll run the ball seventy-five percent of the plays, Mike. Yeah. So okay, that that's should make good. you happy, right? Yeah, seventy-five percent of the plays is good. Yeah, we're gonna try for eighteen points a game. That's our goal. Hey, if our defense allows seventeen point nine, then we win every game. That's that's a perfect Mike, season. Mike, that's why you're the head coach and I'm the offensive coordinator because <laughs> I didn't have that number ready to go. That's right. It's a math thing. Yeah. Analytics, my friend. Analytics. And that's how it went. That's how that's how it went down. All right. Well, now we know, and that's good because I was wondering. We don't have to wonder anymore. So let's take a look. By the way, just since we're talking about Minnesota, about the uh, wild card situation here in the NFC. So. So, first of all, the division winners are kind of locked up already. The Rams, the Saints, the Bears, and the Cowboys are going to win their divisions. Unless the Cowboys are the least locked up, I right? mean, the Cowboys have a two-game lead on Philly. They're 8-5. and five. Philly, 6-7. and seven. So is Washington, who has no chance. Washington has no chance, yeah. Uh, Dallas also just beat Philly, so I think they've got the lead in the tiebreaker. There's only three games left. Philly basically has to win out, and Dallas has to lose out. I don't think it's going to happen almost ever. Nah, probably not. But they're the but least that's, locked. Right? That's, the only, that's the only one which is even really in play. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's that. Then if we go to look at wild card, Seattle with the win last night uh, basically locks up a wild card spot at eight and five. Minnesota is still in the number six position by virtue of their tie early in the season. Mm-hmm. Was that against Green Bay? Yes. Um, like week two or something, right? So they're six, six and one. Philadelphia six and seven, which is a real threat. Carolina six and seven. They've lost five in a row, though. Yes, they have. That's not good. Uh, Minnesota's lost two in a row. Green Bay is five, seven, and one, and somehow still in the hunt. The only other team you can even talk about, I guess the Giants are five and eight. I mean, Tampa is five and eight. Atlanta, who you had uh, 
Yeah, as your great. number five team to win the Super Bowl is now four and nine. Well, I mean, <laughs> things have changed. So you were wrong. I might. That's all. We're I just might pick. Say a, I might pick a different team. You know what? You are. <laughs> you are a stand-up guy. For you to be so straightforward and just say, "I was wrong about this. I'm wrong about lots of things. I was wrong no, again." I think, I think it's I a just, it's a steady stream of being me being wrong, and I plant the flag, and I I admire you for that. I don't know why you're so mean. How am I mean? I'm I'm giving you kudos. The the candy bar. <laughs> yeah, they're actually a granola bar, but yes. There's candy on there. There's like chocolate. It's, it's a fake granola bar, but there's a lot of those. Dude, I see you eat a thing that you call a protein bar, which is basically just chocolate and caramel. So not, there's no caramel. Whatever. It's, is it a lot of chocolate? Is it covered in chocolate? No, there's like one layer of chocolate. Then there's almonds and peanuts. How much sugar is in that thing? Zero sugar. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty healthy then. You're being a dick today. Mm. I'm going to destroy you later on this podcast, and you're not going to see it coming. Bring it on. Beach. You could say, you're gonna say that now, and you're like all smiling and yeah. happy. But afterwards, you're just gonna be like, "Can we just end the podcast?" I'd now? rather be happy now than unhappy later. Okay, moving on. Good <laughs> wow, that was well said. <laughs> Let's move on to the the Sunday night game. Okay, the Bears and the Rams, which was probably the marquee game of the week. I, it's got to be right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, the game of the year until Thursday when the Chargers play the uh, Chiefs. Um, well, the game of, of the year was of the Chiefs-Rams, of course obviously. Um, yeah, so it was a little bit of a thud kind of a game. Seven interceptions were thrown in that game. Both teams sort of sucked offensively. You know. The defense of the Bears was very impressive, and the yeah. Rams, I'm not sure if the defense of the Rams was impressive or Trubisky was unimpressive. One of those two things happened. Yeah, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Some from column A, some from column B. I mean, B. The, the picks that Trubisky threw were bad, dirty picks that he didn't have to throw. Like, they were just not mm-hmm. good. They were showing his age and his inexperience, I think. Goff, um, and this is something I think I told you yesterday, Goff, in below 30-degree games, which has only been two in his career, he's oh, zero touchdowns, five interceptions. So it's possible. Now, again, yesterday or two days ago was uh, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. So he went 0-1 the other yeah. one. But it's possible he just isn't good in cold weather. He has, he has notably tiny hands for a quarterback. Hmm. He's like Alex Smith level hands, sort of like, uh, you know, like if he was, you need someone to pose for a trophy. Yeah. And the hand part, you didn't, you got everything, but, but you had a, a guy who had like no hands, a super tiny guy with no hands. You could get Jeff Goff to come in and model for Who's that. Who's Jeff Goff? Jared Goff. Jeff, Jeff Goff is his brother. <laughs> Even smaller hands. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's got small hands, and so it's possible the cold is affecting them a little bit more in terms of his grip of the ball. It also could just be lack of experience in the cold because he did yeah. go, pl- go play in Southern California both for high mm-hmm. school and college, so yeah. doesn't really get used to that. Sure, um, and he's probably okay because he's unlikely to have to play in the cold in the playoffs. Unlikely. really nice for him. Right. Um, either he's going to either they're going to get home field advantage and they just get to play in yeah. sunny California until the Super Bowl, which is at a neutral site in a dome anyway. I'm not sure where this year, but it's always either warmer in a dome uh, or the Saints are probably going to win and they get to play in a dome. So I don't think it's to worry about temperature anymore. Not this year, but this is a career problem for yes. him. Like if he's in the NFC, the Bears are up and coming. They're going to have to play in Chicago at some point in the playoffs. They're probably going to have to play at Green Bay at some point in the playoffs, right? Like, Possibly. And those Possibly. could just be disastrous games for him. Yep. So he's going to have to work that out. Yeah. One uh, one possible solution, gloves. Consider gloves, Jeff. Or those <laughs> hands from It's Always Sunny that Charlie's uncle oh, wears. Oh, yeah, those fake hands. Yeah, those really that big, might fake work. Hands. 
Yeah. Also, then people will be like, "Look at your hands." Yeah. Wow, you really been. You're you're a you you must have some sort of disorder. You're a grower, not a shower, I guess, Jared, <laughs> with your hands. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So, did this teach us anything about the Bears or the Rams? I think it did. Uh, I think it taught us that the Rams are a little bit more vulnerable than we were thinking. In my mind, going into the game, the Rams were pretty clearly the best team in the league. I still think they're the best team in the league, but it is not nearly as clear. In fact. I think the whole top of the league is sort of a big jumble of swirled, you know... Poop. Yeah, it's unclear. There's like seven teams, and if you said they won the Super Bowl, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I totally see that. And I mean, I don't think any one team is a huge favorite over anyone else anymore. I still think the Rams are the favorite, though. What do you think? I agree. Um, I just thought that they might have had an offense that could withstand anything, kind of like even going to Chicago. And it wasn't that cold compared to some other NFL games that have been played like over time. And it wasn't snowing, but it it was was 28 degrees. 28 degrees, sure. But like there's a ton of games that happen in the Midwest and in Buffalo and stuff that are like zero degrees. Yeah. So it wasn't like a notably cold NFL game. It was just... That's really fair. It was just cold. And the Bears defense, now maybe they're the best defense in the league, but... Maybe they're not. They're they're in the top five for sure of defenses. Okay, but I I felt like the Rams were kind of indestructible offensively. Like no defense could. Maybe they could be held to twenty one points, but not seven. You know. Mm-hmm. So that was kind well, of a shock. They did not score seven, by the way. What did they score? Six. Six. Okay, fine. So that was kind <laughs> of a shock to me that they were unable to to like break open for at least two touchdowns or something. Yeah. Even, even though the bears have such a good defense, I'm I mean, still surprised Rams were uh three point favorites, even in Chicago, but were just sort of struggled to get anything going the entire game. They did not score in the second half. It was six to six going into the, uh, mm-hmm. going to halftime and uh, just a weird kind of dead game. Yeah. And also, you know, sorry, Todd Gurley owners, if you needed him in the playoffs, like I did, cause he uh, had his worst game of the season. He did. He did. Now, this what this taught me about the Bears is a couple things. One thing is they are legit uh, sure. as far as the defense, especially. I am concerned about Trubisky a that's, little bit. That's the only real thing to be concerned about. Yeah. Everything else is pretty. I mean, you'd like to maybe have a slightly better uh, receiving core. Like you'd like to have yeah. like a top end receiver. You don't really have a, no, a Alan Robinson big time number is not one like that guy. You like to have a big guy, yeah. you know, like well, Alan Robinson is a big guy. He's just not that. But good. you know what I mean? Like a big guy who's dynamic and makes a lot of great catches like Julio Jones. Yeah, everybody wants good. Julio Jones. You know, like you guys had Brandon Marshall, you had Alshon Jeffrey, sure. guys like that who are like clear, obvious number ones who like are such a problem for the defense. I don't think Al Robinson is that. He's a perfectly good player. Yeah, I agree. He's like a better number two guy. I agree. There were actually a couple drops by Taylor Gabriel, which was not great. I thought he was the best slot in the game, according to you. One, one. Week. I never said the best slot. In the game. You implied it. I did not. You wrote it down. You are really just. You thought it. You know you thought it. You're you're getting you're cruising for a bruising, man. I'm bruising all day. All right. All right. So but So yeah, Trubisky is is I think the concern. And I would be I I would be really excited to bet against him specifically in the playoffs in big spots because I just think he's not there yet, sort of mentally. And I think he will get there. Don't get me wrong. But it's effectively his rookie year. It's nearly his rookie year, it's right? It's basically that. And he's shown so far anyway. Like in big, big spots, I'm thinking way back to week one. So I know it was a while ago, but against the Packers where they were winning and Aaron Rodgers was out and then he came back and played amazing. And uh, Trubisky could not basically get a first down in the entire fourth quarter. Right. And all it would have taken was one pretty much to win the game. Those are are big spots. There are some mitigating factors here. I mean, that was the first game of the season. Yes. He's getting his feet under him. And we should expect growth by now from him. And I think there has been growth. Uh, another thing to note is his interceptions, all of them were overthrows, mm-hmm. like over the receiver's head. Yeah. And he's coming back from a shoulder injury where he did not 
lift his shoulder for 10 days. Okay. Like there, and he came back 16 days after the injury. Fair so enough. he's there might be some mechanical stuff going yeah. on with his shoulder. He may just not be healthy. Yeah, this would be a concern though. Also about the playoffs this year. Sure, is, is he going to be able to get perfectly healthy? Right. He was. I mean, he was real bad Sunday. He, he was for 110 yards, 16 for 30, 110 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Yeesh. Six rushes for 23 yards. Even that for him, yeah. is disappointing. Um, but assuming he can get healthy, that would be. It cool. could be chalked up to the shoulder. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah. Certainly hasn't. This is his worst game of the season, right? Yeah, it is. This is like last year. Right. Every game last year. No, because he never threw three picks last year because John Fox only let him throw it like three and a half times a game. It was hard to throw three picks when you throw six passes. Yeah. All right. So the Rams looking more vulnerable than we thought. And uh, as you briefly touched on, everybody looks vulnerable, right? Like, so none of the top teams look like they're like, oh, yeah, that's for sure the best team. You can't say that with certainty. I mean, New England lost at Miami, and in, well, in historic fashion. Well, they they should have won the game for a few different reasons, but whatever. The point is that the game was close enough that yeah. they lost at Miami. That means them. It doesn't make them feel like a juggernaut by any means. Kansas City beat Baltimore, but by a, sort of a miracle by to three. win that game. Yeah. yeah, like Baltimore really looked like they had that game locked up. Kansas City had two like fourth downs, like with a minute and a half, two minutes to go yeah. in the game, which had they not converted. They would have lost. They barely got one of them with Tyreek Hill. I don't remember the other one anymore. But like they were right on the verge of losing that game too. Certainly, they don't feel like a juggernaut. Pittsburgh seven five and one. Oh, they're certainly not a juggernaut. Houston lost to Indianapolis. Like, they were never a juggernaut. Right. I agree. Um, who else is even in play? Dallas the Saints, obviously. The Saints, right? The Saints did win, but they lost last week to the Giants, right? No, no. The no, Bears. the Bears lost last week. The Saints lost last week to somebody though too. Yeah, but the Saints. Struggled in the first half, at least against Tampa Bay. They lost um, to Dallas. Dallas, that's they, right. They scored ten points against Dallas. That's what it is. And that was not like in any sort of weather conditions that are historically bad for Drew Brees. It was just well, yeah, I mean, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah right. That's in the dome. Really nice there. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, just sucked. It was inside. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, so the Saints feel like actually to me the strongest of all of these teams. Be, I, I think if we're talking about playoffs, just because of experience, like Drew Brees mm-hmm. is going to do better in clutch situations than Jared Goff. Most likely, I would guess. That is reasonable, but I feel pretty strongly the Rams are better and would be happy to put a little bit of a wager on that if, you know, this is a sports betting podcast, if you want, if you're game, just to take those two teams, we could just do like, you know, who goes further, basically in the playoffs, you know, whoever goes further wins. Or we could do like a half to make the Super Bowl. I don't care. But Saints currently have home field. They're both 11 and two. Yeah. I don't know who has home field or not. Saints do because they beat the Rams. Oh, that's true. So that uh, that's actually pretty. All right, I'll take the Saints. You. you got a deal. Yeah, okay, I'll take it anyway. All right, twenty buck done. Ding ding. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, so Patriots vulnerable clearly. Yeah, like nobody could say with confidence they're the best team in the league. I, I mean, I wouldn't have said that had they won this game. Right. Yeah. Um, the Rams now look vulnerable. Uh, the Saints would clearly be the number one team if they hadn't lost to Dallas last week, right? Everybody would sure. be, on the, be on the Saints. Sure. I mean, if the Rams had won this week, they would yeah. go to be the number one team. But right. Yeah. And the Chiefs look like they just have struggles against certain teams. The Chiefs' defense is bad. Their, their offense is amazing. And against a great defense like Baltimore, they did struggle and really almost lost the game. Now, it's hard to win games in the NFL, you know? And it's easy to sort of, like, expect that these teams are supposed to never lose again. Like, the Chiefs are 11-2. and two. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. So are the Saints. So are the Rams. That's fantastic. Oh, Those I are agree. super strong records. These are 
very, very good teams. And if any of those three teams win the Super Bowl, I will not in any way be surprised. You right. Know? It does feel kind of like the Saints and Rams are a tier above everybody else right it now does. a little bit. It does. I mean, the Chiefs have a glaring weakness, yeah. right? The most glaring weakness, I think, of any of the truly great teams. Yes. Their offense is probably the best of everyone. Yeah. In fact, it clearly is. And Mahomes is... And maybe maybe we should transition into this other... Well, I want to quickly oh, say, oh, go keep ahead. going and say, like... It, it might be muddied enough that we have to put the Chargers and Bears in the best team conversation with those teams. I mean, the Chargers are going to have a chance to stake their claim on Thursday night when yeah. they play the Chiefs. If they win that game, especially if they win it even sort of convincingly, it's going to change the narrative pretty dramatically. By the way, the Chiefs will then fall out of first place of their division, yeah. just like that. Yeah, that'd be crazy. So the Chiefs, it feels like they've just been running away all season. And I even said, like, oh, we know who... Oh, no, I was saying that in, this, in the NFC, we know who the division winners are. This is, like, the one place where it's a little unclear about who's going to win. Like, it, it really comes down to this game on right. Thursday night. It's pretty exciting. It is. So I think the as far as the best teams are concerned, we've been talking about it as the four best teams and who's next all year. Yeah. I think we're now to three and three, where it's... The, yeah, the Patriots, Bears, and Chargers are the second the next, tier of yeah, three. I agree. Yeah. There's the three eleven and two teams, and there's yeah. sort of the next group, and then there's everybody else. Right. Yeah. And Dallas is like starting to knock on the door of like like they're like the seventh best team and like mm, or hoping, Houston, maybe. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Dallas, Houston. Um they're both hoping to sort of not crash that second yeah. tier, but they're not really there. Right. Fair enough. All right. Cool. Now we can move on. It's allowed now. Great. Most valuable player. All right. So I think there's three obvious candidates. What do you think? I think there's two obvious candidates. I'm curious who you think the third is. The third one is not going to win, but he's talked about all year as an MVP candidate. That would be Aaron Donald. Oh, you think he's an obvious candidate? Okay. People are talking about it. Every time the Rams are like on a broadcast, people talk about it. I mean, the commentators talk about it, but that's because they like saying stuff like that yeah. too, right? Like he's not a legit, he's not going to finish in the top three of MVP, MVP voting. I'd be surprised if he did. Maybe anyway. not. I don't know. I would expect he has teammates who would finish higher than him. I wish we could have booked voting. that 180 to one though. I know we tried. Yeah. It's we definitely really better than that. Oh, it's way better. Than, I mean, it's not going to happen, but it's way better. I mean, I'd love to make that bet, and I, I would, we tried to make it. We just were unable to. Yeah, I mean, Sunday night did not help his cause. He got no sacks on Sunday night. They triple teamed him all night, which yeah. it's hard, it's hard to, to see what his value was because, of course, that opens up things for the rest of the defense. But Yep. This is the thing. Like, yeah. stats matter with this kind of stuff, and it, it gets weird quickly. All right, so the, player. the actual candidates. But I think if Donald has, like, an amazing last couple weeks and Mahomes and Breeze both fall off, Donald has a chance. A chance. I think it's going to be really hard not to give it to Pat Mahomes at this point. I agree. I Mah- agree. Mahomes has got 4,300 passing yards. He's got 43 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And he has some rushing stuff, too, I'm sure. Oh, he probably does have some rushing stuff. I have it right here, not to worry. He's run for 235 yards. But so. he has some touchdowns in there. Two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, but it's not a big deal. Breeze has some rushing touchdowns, too, I guess. Um Breeze, Breeze has thrown for 1,000 less yards, so that's a big difference. He has thrown significantly less picks, though. He's thrown four picks to Mahomes' 11. He's thrown 13 less touchdowns, though, also. So, you know, um, clearly Mahomes is a guy they're leaning on a lot more, which yeah. is another reason why I sort of lean towards him being the MVP. He is such a factor in that offense. He is that offense. Breeze is a big part of the offense. Is the most important part of the offense for the Saints, but they have Kamara. They have a running game that is very strong. Mm. I would argue that the talent around Mahomes is better than the talent around Breeze. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess now Kareem Hunt's not there anymore, but yeah. But Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are incredible. Those talent. guys are both great. 
those guys are both great. Although Tyreek Hill has never been that great until this year, right? He was, Kelsey's been great for three years. He in was a row. pretty good last year. He was good, but he wasn't like a superstar. This yeah. year he's kind of a superstar, and that's that goes along with Mahomes' ascension. I don't think that Tyreek's gotten better. I think Mahomes has gotten better. It's probably both. I mean, honestly, Tyreek's still young. Yeah, I guess he could have. I mean, he's just super fast and seemingly always open. <laughs> I mean, he got, he got better at route running. It's Maybe. really, really possible. Maybe. Anyway, to me, it feels like Mahomes is the clear number one guy right now. I think and so. It's his to lose. And as long as he doesn't sort of, as long as he and the Chiefs don't crash and burn, I think he's going to win. I mean, I guess if if they don't win the division, it may be a little harder for him. If they like lose, if they go two and two the rest of the way or yeah. something like that, maybe he doesn't win. Even so, like 12 and four feels like, Actually, what are they now? They're eleven and two. Yeah, so there's only three games left, so they can't go two and two. All right, they went one and two and go finish twelve and four. I think he still wins unless he plays really badly in the losses. Let me lay out a scenario and, and let me ask okay. you if you think it's possible that Aaron Donald will win the MVP in this scenario. Okay, with three games remaining, the Saints go two and one. Breeze throws you know normal amounts of yards for him in the games mm-hmm. and like five touchdowns and two interceptions. Okay, in the final three games, so he's pretty good. Yeah. Mahomes throws six touchdowns and four interceptions. His picks go way up, and the mm-hmm. Chiefs go two and one. Okay. The Rams win out, and Aaron Donald gets eight more sacks in the final three games, getting him to 24 and a half sacks. I think Mahomes still wins. Okay. I think 49 touchdowns are just going to say this is, this is you know, an historic season. It's not you know, the, the most touchdowns ever, but it's close. Well, Aaron Donald would have the year. most sacks ever if he had 24 and oh, a yeah. half. Yeah. yeah the record is true. 22 and a half. That's pretty good. Um, I think... Sports writers can talk themselves in probably correctly, by the way, that sacks are sort of a weird stat that like, like the actual, like the pressure is really the value of the sack. Obviously a sack has value unto itself. They lose it down. They're pushed back. That's great. But you want guys who bring consistent pressure. That's obviously Donald does. Aaron Donald has by far the highest QB pressure. Right. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying like sacks are just a byproduct of the pressure. Right. And so sometimes you have more, sometimes you have less. You can't have it both ways though. Love you're saying it's all about the stats and now you're saying it's not from the I'm saying this stat specifically is, is much higher variance and, uh, and it is and has less value than like like big touchdowns time are high passes. variance when you throw it to Tyreek Hill ten yards over the middle and he runs past everybody. I mean, last year there was Alex Smith doing that and he didn't throw forty nine touchdowns or anything close He's, to Obviously, it. Mahomes is better than Alex Smith. I but mean, Aaron Donald's also better than the Alex Smith of defensive tackles. <laughs> of course, he is. Yeah, I'm not arguing that Aaron Donald isn't good. I'm, I said sports writers have a problem with sacks and are going to maybe have questions about this. You're attacking me like I. Why have a do problem you with think it. sports writers have a problem with sacks? What, when was the last you, time? When was the last time a defensive player won the MVP? That's a question answering a question. I know it's been a long time. That's well, my answer. Lawrence Taylor. They, they obviously, that's why I think that, because they clearly don't value defensive players in the same way. So they, they don't care, right? I mean, when was the last time a, a defensive player finished in the top three of the MVP? I bet J.J. Watt did that one year. He had a great year. I don't know if he did or not, but the fact that we're not even sure when he was clearly the best player in the league is really meaningful to me and does say the sports writers have clear biases about this. Well, stuff. maybe they're moving on from that. Who knows? Um, I mean, look. I would be happy to give you, you can get 12 to one and take Aaron Donald right now. No, I, I understand. Just like, I think it's possible more than other years, even though Mahomes is having this great year, because if Aaron Donald gets to like 24 sacks, something like that. Yeah. He's also an, an interior lineman. Nobody does that from the interior. I think if he gets 24 sacks, he's going to need Mahomes and the Chiefs to go 0 and 3 for All him right. to get it. I think if the Chiefs get, when, get to 12 wins I, and Mahomes throws even 49 touchdowns, which is like, would be disappointing at this point if he only throws 49. I think they're just going to give it to him. They're going to say, this kid is absolutely the most valuable player. Without him, the Chiefs are no big deal, which is, I think, true, by the way. Like, how many games do the Chiefs win without Mahomes? I don't know. Nine? Eight? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but 
he's what makes them special. And so I think he, I'd be really surprised if, if a guy like Aaron Donald could, could surpass that in sports writers' minds, fair or not. I, I agree. I just think it's the best chance since that J.J. Watt year for a defensive player to win. I see. I, I, I guess I don't think that because I feel like there's been other years recently where, like, Brady won last year. His numbers weren't that good. They just didn't really have anyone else to no give it to. But there was no outstanding defensive player. Right. Either. But I'm saying, but, like, that was, that's the kind of year where a defensive player has a shot. They need they, no outstanding player at quarterback. Yeah. We have one. We actually have two. I just feel like they're always going to default to the quarterback because, and they're right. It's the most important position, right? They touch the ball every time. You have a great quarterback. You almost always win a million games. You have a great defensive player. You often don't win a million games. I mean, it's just true, right? A defensive player can only have so much impact on the game comparatively to the quarterback. That's why I want to change it. That's why I want to change it to most excellent player instead of most valuable player for the NFL. Well, they do have, you know, offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year. Nobody gives a shit about that though. I understand, but that's their version of that. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's move on. We're, we're running out of time here. We are not. It's fantasy check-in time. Is it? Did you have something else you wanted to talk about? No, no, no. It's fantasy check-in time. All right, then why are you being a dick? <laughs> I that's don't feel your, I am. That's just your thing today, being a dick? <laughs> I feel like finally I wasn't a dick, and that's when you called me out for being one. So You said, is it? That's How is that you. not dickish? I'm just being playful. Being playful in the spirit that's what of this. a dick uh, would say about that. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about the two monster games from the inconsistent okay. fantasy performers, starting with the terrible fantasy performer, Derek Henry, who yeah. had the biggest fantasy game of the year, including quarterbacks with in, in half PPR had 40, really? 48 points, including quarterbacks. A quarterback has not had 48 points this year. No. Wow. Yeah. That is really incredible. Maybe in six point per passing touchdown. We're talking about okay. four point per passing touchdown leagues. Uh, so quarterbacks, which all leagues should be four point per passing touchdown, right? It makes so much more sense. Yeah, um, whatever. Do you think different rules are good? It's good to have different rules. Okay, I think four point per passing touchdown reduces the weight of quarterback points in a way that makes more sense to me. But um, I disagree. Actually, quarterbacks make uh, are are the most important position on the field, and they often get drafted. Really, starting quarterbacks, guys who are going to start for you, get drafted in the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth round in, in fantasy drafts. I think that's actually incorrect. If you're doing this, if you're trying to be like a GM and have it be more like the way football might really be, even a little bit, quarterbacks. Should be going. There oh. should be some quarterbacks going in the first round and second round. I dis- way more, I disagree. Rather than with running back, running backs who we all agree are the, like the least important thing right. on the field. No, I like disagree. I disagree thing. with the premise of your thing entirely oh, okay. because fantasy would have to be entirely changed in every single of way. Of course, I'm not saying it has to be just like the NFL, but I'm saying the reason why we have drafts and the reason why we do this is we're trying to like play GM, right? That's what's really going but on. But that was the original intent. But yeah. at this point, the point scoring system is morphed it into an its entirely own game that's not even close to being a GM. But wait, so you're saying you prefer it? Where quarterbacks are clearly unweighted, like weighted so much that they're way worse than running backs and way worse than wide receivers. Why shouldn't they at least be equal? Shouldn't they get more points? I, closer? Well, I the the concern being like the reason you could change the roster construction. That's the way to change that, that more, that more so lot. than the points. Because in order to make it make sense points wise, you'd have to really overvalue quarterbacks. I mean, there's really no way to do it points-wise anyway because it's about scarcity, right? Right, so, and so you there's just have two, to change the roster construction. Yeah, yeah, you, like two quarterback leagues, that's where it's at, right? Now yeah. now it's more interesting. And, I mean, if you're really doing it right, you do you go three quarterback leagues, like 10 players, sure. three quarterback leagues. Now quarterbacks are going to go... Or maybe like, two quarterback and an OP. Okay, fair enough. So you don't have to play a quarterback, but yeah. you probably would want to. Yeah. That's good. Um, 
Yeah, now we're talking because now we're talking about like, wow, quarterbacks are going to be like a big part of the first round like they really would yeah. be if we did a true like, let's start right now for this year only a draft for yes. NFL teams. Yes, and passing touchdowns are so much more prevalent than other types of touchdowns. That's why I like four point better. So I'd prefer a roster construction change to the point change. I mean, the truth is like six point versus four point. The only difference is um, it helps the quarterbacks who throw more touchdowns. So like a guy like Mahomes would be have more separation from other yeah. quarterbacks. It doesn't make quarterbacks more valuable than another, uh, right. another because, position really anyway. Yeah, right? The reason being, of course, that there are so many quarterbacks you can take later on that are like almost equal. Of course. Like, there's so many good quarterbacks. Yeah. There's not enough teams in most fantasy so two, leagues. So two forced quarterback starts in an OP. That's what we're doing. I'm in, man. I want to play in that league All for right, let's, sure. Let's talk about Derrick Henry. Okay. Who had the biggest game in four-point per passing touchdown. I'm not sure about six. With 48 points in half PPR. And a crazy 99-yard run. It was he, a crazy where run. Where he looked like a good player somehow. Um, <laughs> what is this? What happened? <laughs> well, he, he has had, in his career, six games where he ran for more than 80 yards, and four of them were against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is so weird. I don't understand how it's played. Now, they play the Jaguars twice a year. His right. entire, but the like, Jaguars have like a decent defense, at least. And last year, they were dominant. And this yeah. year, yeah, they're supposed to be pretty good, too. I don't understand how this is possible. It doesn't really make any sense. I think it's just statistical noise, honestly. But, man, did he look good. And he was uh, started in 14% of leagues, by the way. And probably a lot of those, a lot of those 14% of leagues were like people who aren't even paying attention. Right. You because, know, they, because they drafted Derrick Henry in the third round. Their team's fucked. And they're deciding to start him. Like, yeah. They're like, it doesn't, nothing yeah. matters. I'm not even looking. Yeah. Um, I think that's correct. And it's, uh, it's really telling sort of of... All right, so How bad he's been, because he's been so bad. All right, two questions about this. Okay. Does this change his fantasy stock for next year's drafts, and should it change it? Um, yes and yes. It should. Okay. By the way, Derrick Henry is now up to number 22 in half-point PPR run, for running backs after this week, and he had run for 200-something yards yeah. and four touchdowns through 12 games. <laughs> what the hell, man? Anyway, um, I, think it, I think it does change it for sure. The fact that he's capable of this, it's possible Tennessee's going to view him a little differently, or someone else will. Yeah. Um, say, like, wow, like, look what he's capable of. I mean, those, were, those runs were man runs. Those weren't, like, wide open. He just, you know, outran yeah. everyone, and a lot of guys could do that. Like, almost no one does what he did there. Right. And so it's, it feels like he's like a lion trapped inside of a cage, finally freed or something like that. It's weird. I don't know why he sucked so much before. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it will raise his value for next year in fantasy drafts a bit, like by a round or two. Like, do you want to take the guy who had similar numbers or Derrick Henry? Like, I want Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is capable of doing stuff that no one else has ever done, basically. You mean it rises it over what it was before the game, not over what it was this year, right? He's going down from this year. Of course he is, yeah, because yeah. he was going in, what, the third, third fourth, fourth round? Yeah. He's going to go later than that. He's Fifth probably going to go, yeah, yeah, maybe like even sixth round. Yeah. Like, before this game, he was going like in the 11th round, probably, yeah. the 10th round. Now he's up to like the sixth round just on this one game. I think that's correct because did you see him throw those guys down yeah. and, and the speed and the power? I mean... Maybe there's a system. Maybe there's a different offensive coordinator. Maybe something needs to click. But, man, I mean, you got to believe there's, there's potential there. Here's a fun question. Yeah. Where does he go if in the remaining three games he has two games with 80 yards and a touchdown and one game with 190 yards and three touchdowns? Um, I think he's going to go in the fifth round. <laughs> I mean, I think you don't think are- he goes higher than that? Well, what was the what was besides the 190 yards? What was the first two two, two games, games with 80 yards and a touchdown? Oh, okay. And one game with 100. Oh, oh yards no, he's going to go higher because now people are going to say he's the feature back yeah. in Tennessee. No, now he's a now he's like an early third rounder, maybe even late second round. Yeah. 
Which yeah. is and probably going to break a lot of hearts next year. Right. In fairness. That's how it works. That is always how it works. All right. Let's talk about the other breakout player. That would be Amari Cooper. Yeah. Who scored by far the most points by a receiver this year with 45 and half PPR. In full PPR, that's the most points anyone scored this year, including Derrick Henry. Wow. Derrick Henry had no catches right. and receptions. So, yeah, these are, depending on how what scoring system you're in, the two best performances all season happened within a few days of each other. And they both happened on either the first week of the playoffs or the last week of your regular season. Yes. Uh, for fantasy. And Amari Cooper was started probably in, a, in like 80% of leagues. If you're least. starting three wide receivers, you kind of have to start Amari yeah. Cooper and you know it. So you you didn't, I mean, as someone who started him actually against you in our league. Yeah. Um, Got you into the playoffs, actually. Well, actually, I didn't need it as it turns out. Like, I But it guaranteed I you a playoff spot. It, gar- it locked in the spot. I would have won. Yeah, I could have lost the game and still gotten in as it turns yeah. out. But it was way better to do it that way. It was more fun. Yeah, because I was the second highest point scorer. And you, in order to win that game, you needed Amari Cooper. Yeah, I was the highest point scorer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. But, um, but yeah, you've, like, I didn't feel good about starting him. But I feel better than I used to, at least. It's like, well, he's not going to put up those one-target games anymore. You know, right. one-catch-for-five-yard games. Like, Dallas is not doing that. And clearly, Dallas is not doing anything close to that. Dallas is really featuring him. They gave up a first-round pick, and they're treating him like they gave up a first-round pick. He's a big deal. I mean, assuming he stays in Dallas next year, where's he going in drafts? Second round? Late second? Yeah. Mid-second? Depending on how the, the rest of the season plays out? I mean, yeah, I mean, crazy. It's, it's starting to feel like the, the team change is really what he needed to be the guy that he could be. Yeah, it really does feel like that. So it's pretty cool in some ways. And we were just a month ago or six weeks ago saying what a terrible trade this was for Dallas. And yeah. It doesn't look so bad anymore, you know? No, it doesn't. I mean, it's possible the Raiders were just misusing him the whole time. It's really possible because he was the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft. Wow. He has by far the record for receiving yards in a single season by Al- an Alabama receiver. Like, by far. Okay. Like, he, he was a huge in college. That's why he got mm-hmm. fourth overall, obviously. And he's a guy with clear and obvious talent that you can see in when he has games like this. Yeah, I mean, like he's he still looks very good. young. And he looks good. He's like 24, yeah. I think he's 23. Wow. I mean, he, um, but the thing is, he looks good, but he's had, like, basically two lost seasons in Oakland until just now. Yeah. So I personally had written him off as, like, he just can't ever be Kind great. of a bust, yeah. Maybe you get him in the perfect situation. You put him on with Aaron Rodgers or a guy yeah. like that, and he becomes the number one guy because it seems like whoever the number one guy is in Green Bay yeah. is great, right? Right. So Aaron Rodgers helps make you great. Like, you just need some talent, and Amari Cooper has that. But, but now it sort of feels like an indictment on Derek Carr and an indictment on John Gruden as much as anything else. Well, and, like, and can you not find Jack a way Del Rio. To, yeah, and Jack Del Rio the year before. Yeah. Like, can you not get the ball to this guy? Like this guy, this guy works just fine. Yeah, he's fast. He's big. He has good hands. Like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, super weird. So yeah, he had a monster, monster game. Uh, on was it Sunday night? No, it was Sunday. Sunday th- afternoon. Yeah, Sunday late afternoon against Philadelphia, where he caught his third touchdown pass to win the game in overtime. Yeah, uh, but the touchdown pass he had before that, he just outrun two defenders. It was like a sixty-yard yeah. deep ball. Nice throw by Dak, by the yeah. way, who suddenly feels like he's back a little bit. Right, and Amari Cooper's the reason why it feels yeah. like really something else. It feels like this is sustainable, and Amari yeah. Cooper could, but in the in the fantasy drafts we're doing in twenty twenty, he might be like an early first round pick. Like super if, weird, yeah. How this is quickly changing. Yeah, but the narrative changes so fast in this league. It does. It's cool. It does. It's really cool. Speaking of the narrative, let's talk about the Chargers running back situation and yeah. the narrative there because it's kind of murky over there in San Diego. It sure is. Uh, right now, okay, so this is as of Tuesday, early afternoon here as we're recording. Uh, it looks like Justin Jackson is probably going to be the guy Thursday night. 
if you are playing on Thursday, if you're playing still in your fantasy league, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Everyone's in the playoffs now. And he might be available. He shouldn't be available, but he might be available. You know, a lot of teams are not paying attention anymore. Mm -hmm. They're not looking to pick up guys. And he, even if he doesn't start, or even if let's say, like, it looks like uh, Eckler's out with a concussion. And they're saying, more and more they're saying, it looks like Gordon may not be able to play at all. Yeah. Even if Gordon plays... I got to believe they're at least splitting time, at least, if not Jackson getting more time. Right. They don't want to ruin Melvin Gordon. They're making the playoffs. They don't, want, they don't want to hurt Melvin Gordon. They don't need this game. Right. They're, going, they're making the playoffs anyway. Now, they want this game because then they have a shot at, you know, a bye and stuff like that. But they can't kill Melvin Gordon right now. This they is have. their biggest regular season game. For sure. For sure. But still, they have to be, you know, slightly careful here. And Jackson looked great two weeks ago, or a week ago, I guess I should say. And then this weekend, he looked just fair. Um, but basically, the, uh, the Chargers always seem to have running backs who excel mm-hmm. for years now. And I don't see any reason why Jackson can't have a great game against the terrible, porous Kansas City defense. So you would not be comfortable starting Melvin Gordon if they're saying he's like a game-time decision? Oh, man. It's a tough spot. It's a super tough spot. I, you probably do have to start him. You probably It sucks do. that it's on Thursday. For, yep. like, it's such a fantasy disaster that it's on Thursday. Well, the good news is this. It's better than it being Sunday night, at least, right? So this way, you know what your other options are. So you can see, and if he isn't playing, you don't have to, like, hold out hope that, you know, like, or not play him. You know, play someone else on, on early Sunday because you don't have anyone else for Sunday night in case uh, Gordon doesn't play. And then they announce he's playing and he has a big game and you never had the option to play him. I mean, what if you have, like, Melvin Gordon and, uh, and Adams, the guy on the Eagles, who's, like, getting all the carries on the Eagles? I mean, I'm just going to go with Gordon against Kansas City. What if they say he's on a snap count? Ooh, they say like 30 snaps? Yeah. That means he's probably going to touch the ball 11 times or something max. Probably got to go with the guy who's going to get more work, even against Kansas City. So, by the way, here's, um, here's the current, the most recent reports as of like an hour ago. NFL Network Steve Weiss reports Chargers are, quote, not optimistic, end quote. Gordon will play Thursday against the Chiefs. All right, that's not good. He's a, he was a DMP on Monday. So, um, they're also saying, yeah, Eckler's not going to play. Justin Jackson looks like he is the guy. Well... So if you got him, start him. And if you don't, if you don't got him, make sure he's not available because, oh, my God, he could win the league for you. Yeah. He could get you in the title game or maybe even play and be your guy in the title game too. But this game right now could be a monster game for Jackson. It could be. Rivers, Jackson, Keenan Allen, you got to love your Chargers this week. Well, I'm sorry if you have Melvin Gordon and you don't have good other running back options because that sucks. There's a lot of tough running back stuff happening right now. Kareem Hunt, yeah. gone forever. Uh, Melvin Gordon out. James Conner looking like he's out also. Like yeah. three of the best guys all season. Le'Veon Bell playing. still out. Le'Veon Bell not playing. That's right. That's a, that's a bunch of guys who people relied on or were hoping to rely on in Le'Veon Bell's case who just ain't playing. And suddenly for these guys, like Melvin Gordon was great all year. James Conner great pretty much all year. Just not playing. Although Tomlin did say he's not completely ruling Connor out yet for the weekend, but All right. I'd be really concerned about that. He's too. at least going to be splitting carries. You would assume. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the best bets of the week. All right. All right. NFL edition best bets. I have two that I am interested in. Okay. I have one. All right. Why don't you go first? One is bad belly and one is not bad belly. So okay. there's no methodology to what I do at all, basically. Great. Why don't you start with... Go ahead. Here's my bad belly bet. Go. Which, for those who don't remember, definition being, it feels like it can't be right, so it has to be right. Yep. Um, 
so the Vikings are hosting the Miami Dolphins, and they are minus seven hosting Miami. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's way too much, considering the Vikings are in shambles and Miami just beat the Patriots. I want to bet Vikings minus seven because it's a bad belly bet. It doesn't. Oh, you want to take the Vikings? Yeah. Okay, good. I was going to say that doesn't sound right. I was just, for, after all that that lead up, I was expecting you to say Miami. Oh, that's reasonable. That's totally reasonable for that for all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a bad belly bet. I agree. Seven, like you'd really like it to be six and a half, not seven normally. Right. Um, and like Miami looks good. The Vikings look horrible. I mean, does Miami look good? Miami looked good last weekend, okay. sort of. But they're like seven and six, right? They're seven and six. Yeah, that's a better record than the Vikings, right? Okay, the Vikings are six, six and one. Yeah, right. they the just same, fired the their record. offensive coordinator, right? <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins is, as we just said, four and 19 against winning records. Miami does have like, a how can record. They, how can they be getting seven points? Yeah. No, I, I this is points. a pretty good bet. I like this bet um, from a bad belly point of view. It feels like Kirk Cousins going to be five and 19 after this game. Yeah. yeah. Also, let's be clear. The Dolphins do suck, yeah. right? Like, well, they're, they're seven, seven and six. And, right. But they're not, they're not that good. Right. Yeah. Come on. They should be six and seven. They're not that good. Like, come on. So it's not a bad belly bet? Um, no, no, I'm talking just between us. No, I think yeah. it is. I think it is. All right. Why don't you do yours and then I'll do my other one. Okay. My other one, mine is, excuse me, uh, Dallas travels to Indianapolis okay. to play the Colts. Dallas has won five in a row. The Colts just lost. They're now seven and six. Didn't they just beat somebody? Didn't they just beat? Oh, they the, just beat Houston. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh, in my mind, they were... That's okay. Dallas travels to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Colts are minus three. I like the Colts. Minus three. Dallas has won five in a row. They're clicking. So this is supposed to be a bad belly? Yeah. It's not as much now that you realize Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little less. They just beat the nine and three. I I agree. It's not as much. Don't love that one as much. I like it a little bit less now. All right. Here's my other one. Yeah. This is not a bad belly at all. This is just like conventional wisdom. So I guess we could go the other way if we want. Let's find out what you have to say. Bears are hosting the Green Bay Packers... And they are giving only five and a half points. I feel like Bears minus five and a half is just a good conventional bet there. The Packers are not very good. The Bears just beat the Rams and are good. It's hard to argue those points, I must say. I like your bets better than mine. You want to do both of mine? Sure. All right. Vi- Vikings minus... It's weird because they're for different reasons. One's conventional, one's bad belly, but whatever. whatever. Who cares? Vikings minus seven hosting Miami because how can they have that and bears minus 5.5 hosting green bay because the bears are way better than that (laughs) yeah you're right that is really a mix-up in philosophy but who cares yeah we're lighting money on fire we're trying to anyway because all we do is win up in here lately lots of w's i'm w's falling on my head man right it's like w's falling on your head 44th president just keeps on climbing up the stairs and falling on me lots of you mean 43rd president probably george w bush is what you're trying to say donald trump He's the 45th president. So good job anyway. With uh, Good thing it's not a politics podcast because Jonathan clearly doesn't know anything about that at all. All right. We're done. <laughs>